0: Still Buffering, A Cross-Generational Guide to the Culture That Made Us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl.
1: Well, we got our first Halloween inflatable.
0: It's so big.
1: It's huge. It's, uh, what, what'd you get? It's a Nightmare Before Christmas. Of course. It's like, It's like the mountain, or like the curly sort of peak walk thing, you know, mm-hmm. that Jack stands on in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like that, and then it's got Jack and Sally sitting on top of it next to each other, and then it's got like Zero at the base next to a pumpkin. It's quite involved. It even says on it, which I didn't realize when I bought it, like, Tim Burton's Disney's Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, like, to inform people who might be driving by, like, oh, that's what that's from. It's
2: like a big (laughs) ad for the movie. Starring, produced by, directed by,
1: it's it's huge. Uh but Cooper loves it. Like loves it. Although she I, I I blew it up in the house. Well you just plug it in. It inflated in the house and I she wasn't paying attention. I said, look behind you, look what I just did. And she turned around and went, oh,
0: I thought it would be bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge.
1: It's huge. Yeah. It's like three times her size. Yeah. You gotta Not get really that. Three times. Uh, what is it the 50 foot skeleton how big is that skeleton mm. that home Depot's making? making mm-hmm. i i want to get that, that skeleton and <laughs> but i think it would be so scary like i think the kids would not be able to sleep <laughs> no you, i
2: think cooper would like it i think cooper would love it you could put it in your front yard although i think maybe in your main room with the vaulted ceiling it's tall enough that you could just have him there like boom.
0: yeah standing there right in the middle of the room
1: that would be so creepy perhaps
0: dangle him from the ceiling so his feet kind of like brush you every time
1: you walk through just dead center in the room i am uh i'm ready for halloween decorations though i almost just started doing that like didn't plan it just started like digging out halloween decorations and putting them up because we did get we we've already made a trip to the halloween store (laughs) of course yeah um, cause it's open, so you gotta, and we did get one of those. Um, it's the sign from Beetlejuice, the like light up sign that says Beetlejuice with the arrows from the movie, mm-hmm. you know, oh, nice. We got that and it's on the wall already. And so then it's like, you. it's like once you start dipping your toes
0: in, you're like, I just need the decorate. I just need to get them all out. Yeah. I just need to do it. I did it. I made the mistake of going to Target to pick up some toiletries I needed. And, of course, the Halloween section was right there. Mm-hmm. So I got some candy for my roommates. I got some decorative plates. One's shaped like a ghost and one shaped like a cat to put the candy on. I got some lights that look like little spiders. Some flickering purple lights to put outside. That's nice. It's very nice. I also got little pumpkins. Ooh, mm-hmm. little pumpkins. Little pumpkins. A pumpkin candle. Taylor, yeah, have like you
1: started them. decorating? I feel like... Of the three of us, mm-hmm. it's you're, you're usually the first to dive into Halloween.
2: You know, it's funny. Every year I, I get decorations and some of them just become part of the decor. <laughs> 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 like I got like a, a little skeleton that like holds a wine. B- it's like a wine bottle holder, but it's a skeleton. I got this like two years ago and now it's just become a thing in my house, I'm like a raven uh, skeleton that's just become a part of the decor. So like I try to pick mm. things that have the possibility of also becoming permanent things, I got like a cute little, it's a pumpkin scented candle, but it's also in like a little pumpkin holder. Um, I got a Halloween oh. tree. You can do that. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Why I like wait for that. Christmas? Yeah. It's not like a little pine tree. It's like a spooky willow tree with purple lights and mm. you can put spooky Halloween ornaments on it. That, we, that might live with me. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's a good idea. We had that um, in the... In the call room at the hospital for my for my team for my department, we had just a an all purpose seasonal tree hmm. that we left up all year round, and then would just sort of decorate periodically mm-hmm. based on like if there was a major holiday or just the time of year or whatever. And I thought it was a really nice like a pleasant addition, yeah, you know, to the room. Then they moved us into a smaller room, and there's no room for a tree. Maybe get a small tree. horrible. I argued that actually when they were going to move us. I was like, where are we going to put the tree? But that really doesn't. Hospital administration, when you make that argument, they just look at you like, are, Sorry? You, are you okay? <laughs> you should. Are you a physician? <laughs> d- defiantly brought it with you. Half of the room is
2: tree and you're like, whatever. This is my joy.
1: <laughs> like, the, There's a tiny little room adjacent. There's like the room where we sit and then there's a tiny room, little room with bunk beds in it for the residents to sleep. Um, and it's like barely big enough for the bunk beds. And I was like, well, we can put the tree in there. And they all just looked at me like, what is wrong with you? I was like, never mind. We don't have to put the you tree in with stand. the bunk beds. I just love that tree. Just get a, get a little tree. They have little yeah. trees. I should bring them a little, little they, tree. Uh, they really need to pick me up right now. Do you think a tree decorated with Halloween things? No. Then I'm just like, I'm one more of those like, oh, you guys seem sad. Do you need a pizza party? I mean, I don't know. That sounds fine. That sounds like something. I mean, do you know how many
2: times last year's the first year that I actually got myself like a real Christmas not it's not live, but like a nice fake Christmas tree with like my own ornaments and it's mm-hmm. pink and it's it's very silly and it's covered in like leopard print ornaments and like little glass alcohol bottles. It's I think about it all the time, and like when I'm sad, <laughs> I'm like, I get to put up that tree in two months. Life's not so bad. <laughs> like, maybe that's more a statement on me than the usefulness of trees for happiness, but...
0: Tay, <laughs> hey, now we're only like one month away until you can put that tree up, because what? as far as I'm concerned, November 1st, 12.01 a.m., mm-hmm. put that tree up. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely.
1: M- maybe the second, but, I want to get past, like, Day of the Dead, but then sure, the- we're good. sure. That's like, that's like British style.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I remember being in the UK with Justin in November and like, like the Christmas st- stuff was so, it felt so early to me and then it hit me like, oh, cause no Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although I gotta say, I think I've noticed now that people seem to be, just blending thanksgiving decorations with halloween Mm. like i was at target the other day and they had like throw pillows and blankets and stuff that had like pumpkins and like spooky ghosts and jack-o'-lanterns and stuff little cute ones that were very like halloween obviously and then just thrown in there were ones that said like thankful like giving thanks I't like, autumn leaves mm. and, like, the, like, more muted tones instead of, like, the bright orange and black no. and purple. Like, they're all just thrown in there together. And sometimes I forget, like, oh, they're a full month apart. They're, they're not next to, to each other. they trick
1: you into buying what I, this is just my opinion. Don't yell at me. I think that these are the, that is the worst seasonal decoration. I agree. Like, genre is the Thanksgiving decorations. Oh, yeah. I mean, Easter's pretty low, too, for me. Because eggs... But I mean, here is, it's some here here of is why. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I agree with Thanksgiving more than Easter, only because Halloween is a season, right? Like mm-hmm. you get the whole month of buildup where right. like things are going on. There's parties or events or whatever. Uh, Christmas is a season. Mm-hmm. Easter, to some extent, is a season. I mean, spring, like people turn it yeah. into like a thing. Yeah, spring. Thanksgiving is not a it's not a season. No. you don't get a month of buildup to like oh I can't wait till you get to eat all this food. Like it's it's a day. And if you're in school, it's a week off of school. That's it.
1: And I just don't want to go buy like a hay bale so that I can put it out front for a day. For a
0: day.
2: Is, is that how you... Well,
1: that works for Halloween. But also, what does that have to do with Thanksgiving?
0: Hay bale. Traditional Thanksgiving
2: hay bale that we decorate for Thanksgiving. I feel,
1: I feel like that's
2: what cover people it do. it in they <laughs>
1: it's like a hay bale next to some it's it's a pumpkin but it's not a jack-o-lantern it's like next to some pumpkin un un uncarved gourds with a hay bale and then like a turkey dressed as a pilgrim which it's like some corn you gotta
0: have some corn in there well and you're gonna eat that turkey so this is perverse that's true You know, it makes more decorative sense for Thanksgiving to come before Halloween cuz then you get the pumpkins that are just mm. your uncarved pumpkins and, you and then you them. can carve them. Uh, can we can we fix can that? We those? Can we
2: reverse this?
0: Can we reverse this? <laughs> I did No.
2: <laughs> I was at a a Walmart way like in upstate, kind of in the middle of nowhere uh, a couple days ago and they had a um they had a Halloween section and among it and it was also Thanksgiving. And they also had these like and I don't however you feel about religion that's totally your business, but They had a cross, and it said "Honor him," and then it had little jack o' lanterns at the bottom. And I, who is him? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) who
1: are we honoring? The Pumpkin King? Like, who are we honoring? (laughs) (laughs) That is a weird Halloween vibe. That is that is that is odd. I will say. Like,
2: however you feel about religion or Halloween, I think we agree that maybe they don't overlap christianity specifically with,
0: with I don't know, that whatever that is the only acceptable thanksgiving decor
1: <laughs> well because there's like i mean th- there's like the, the whole king, like died for your sins <laughs> saints, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> there's like the whole saints day so like there is overlap there but it's not about it's not so much jesus overlap you know what i mean i don't, I don't know I, that's a different the the all saints day yeah is that what you mean yeah yeah i don't know you know what i mean it's not this, like no. that part of christianity really yeah <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we were raised Catholic, so I didn't actually ever read the Bible. So I'm not really clear if I'm Jesus had a stance on clear. Halloween. Just revelations.
2: I know how it ends. I don't know anything else. <laughs> you skipped right to the ending. <laughs> yeah, I like that part. It was spooky.
0: Um, this That's has nothing that, yeah. to do with what we're talking about today. This is our last episode before Halloween actually starts on October first. Mm-hmm. So before we do our yearly deep dive into all things spooky for the entire month of October, we have one final Woo-hoo! week. And it is mine, and that is why we are talking about Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. Uh, We've talked about the first one. Everyone who has ever <laughs> listened to our show knows this. the first movie is very important to me. And I had not seen the second one in years. I, I think I've seen it once before I rewatched it to talk about it now. Um, and I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: ask like so do you have the affection for this film that you do for the original
0: i mean i have the affection for Elle woods because Mm -hmm. i think just that character i just love and has a special place in my heart and my brain um and uh luke wilson of course yeah yeah but man the second one's just a miss it's a it's it's not a good sequel i i really wanted to like decide it was better
1: than the original because that's sort of my that's thing, thing. yeah right um, but I don't know that I could with this not and I'm not saying it's terrible but it's just I feel like that the Legally Blonde was is like this cultural moment mm-hmm. that resonates now like they're like it people reference it mm-hmm. and I mean I think it had a much bigger impact than the sequel which yes I had never seen really no so, I knew it existed
0: it came out in 2003, so only only two years after the first, which I know is like a gap, but I feel like in terms of sequels for movies that aren't planned to be like, you know, a sequence, mm-hmm. that's a pretty quick quick turnaround. It must have been Legally Blonde was very successful, I have yes, to guess. I have yeah. to imagine. Um, and I... It, the whole premise is basically now Elle, you know, she graduates from Harvard Law at the end of the first one, and she's just started her first real law job, uh, but she tries to find... Bruiser's mom for her wedding because she wants to invite Bruiser her dog, her dog Bruiser's mom to her wedding. That is a, that, can we just, that premise. They could have found anything better. She has a dog. You didn't have to reach that far to make it about so, animal testing. Yes. I thought that was
1: so strange. Yeah. It really, because like the whole thing about Legally Blonde is that I know she's a little bit like exaggerated of a character but everything's sort of happens within the realm of like
0: reality well and i'm sorry how am i to believe that she just finished three years at harvard law school after like all of her actions in this second movie like i'm not saying going to law school changes your personality but you get an education in what the law is and what it means to be a lawyer and one of her first big things she does at her law job as a lawyer. That she says in the beginning being a lawyer makes her really happy and that mm-hmm. she loves being a lawyer.
1: Yeah, because she, her friends assume she's going to quit her job quit her when job. she gets married sure. and she's like, no, of course I no. won't. Well, that's
0: very nice. That's yeah. good. That's Which good. in a first time viewing, you'd think, oh, this is going to be about her like being a really great lawyer while also planning a wedding because she's Elle Woods. That makes sense to me. No, she brings in a whole presentation to all the big lawyers at her firm and is like, here's why animal testing is bad. Which, yes, it is. But I... I gotta agree with the big mean guy in charge of the firm, oh, who's no. like, "Hey, this is a law firm. We don't. What do you want us to do with that? Like, what do you want to do with that? L, that's not what you do. That's not your it job." Was also,
2: not a very um, convincing presentation. Just it to was be not. Real, I just took some pictures of my dog wearing some strange,
1: <laughs> <laughs> somewhat
2: reductive outfits, and
1: <laughs> <laughs> every time,
0: and here to every
2: to time,
1: help that animals. Argument was made. And that was her sort of like angle was dogs are great. Mm-hmm. That to me was so bizarre because like I I mean it's I know that it's a movie and so it's fake and whatever. So like could you convince people to vote for this bill because they love dogs? I don't know. I guess in the movie you could. Mm-hmm. But I she's smart. Like mm-hmm. we have That's what I'm saying. We are set yes. up to believe she's intelligent and could you actually use like the law. Yes.
0: Thank you for phrasing that better than I did. That is exactly what I meant. Like, obviously, now she has a legal education and is very smart. I mean, she got into Harvard, went to Harvard. Like, she's very intelligent. You don't, like, she could have used all of that to make her argument so much better.
1: It's also bizarre to me that she started with this firm, and she went through all of law school, too. And Mm -hmm. I imagine somewhere in there, they introduced to you the idea that part of being a lawyer is that sometimes you're representing or your firm's representing someone who like is the quote unquote bad guy, Mm -hmm. like somebody who did something bad, like a big corporation that's doing something that you don't like, Mm -hmm. but your law firm has decided they're going to be their representation. And so that's like part of it. And that's fine if you don't agree with it and you decide to quit your job over it or whatever, but she seemed really confused by that like yeah aren't we all nice people who are always on the side of good and it's like what <laughs>
0: sorry <laughs> like uh, <laughs> in the
1: in the world
0: like everyone
1: <laughs> on earth
0: yeah uh yeah so basically she tries to get her law I don't even know what she's trying to get them to do actually I'm really unclear on what her yeah her suggestion is that they do because she's not suggesting they like sue them or anything like that. Like, I, well, you can't just you sue can't them. just sue them for animal testing because it wasn't illegal. So uh, that's what I don't know. I don't understand you what also she's need suggesting. You to represent somebody. You right. can't just, you can't as a just be a law firm yeah. and sue someone. Um, <laughs> but so I don't know what she's suggesting. So she gets fired because her boss is like, "Hey, this isn't what we do. If you want to be an advocate, good. That's fine. But like, that's not what we do." Mm-hmm. So she moves to Washington to become an aide for. Congresswoman Sally Fields, um, and try to get legislation passed that uh bans all animal testing. So,
1: yeah, I uh, I, I have to say, I, I don't like seeing Sally Fields in a role like this because I love yeah, her. Yeah. She, mm-hmm. yeah, she's just so lovable and sweet, and <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to imagine her ever being a terrible political operative.
0: I mean, at least it's like kind of realistic though right like yeah even if fair. it's a thing that like you think she cares about dogs because she has a dog and then you find out oh wait she hasn't actually they just got her one to take pictures with so that mm-hmm. people found her like uh, to look like a nicer more approachable person that likes animals um and then she decides she can't support the bill anymore because she has someone who backs her campaign who invested in a big cosmetic company she's like hey they're not going to fund me if i support your bill so i can't. at least that's like fair. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> that's, that's the weird thing about this movie because like, you know, the first movie has a little bit of kind of like, well, that wouldn't really happen. I don't think you could really get into law school that way, yada yada. But like, it's... Yeah, she definitely can. <laughs> you can kind of like separate from reality and enjoy it in this sort of pseudo-reality, right? Like, everything lines up. Sure. sequel mm-hmm. has this horrible combination of, this is bizarre and would never happen, and then also like, yeah, real world politics or real... <laughs> <laughs> real depressing to think about, huh, that it's not about what your constituents want or need, it's just about who is donating to your campaign and paying your bills, and that's what happens on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, any, like, either take me away from reality entirely <laughs> or don't lie to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. It felt like it didn't know exactly what kind of movie it wanted to be, because the, if, like, could the politicians all be as craven as they seem? Mm. Well, Mm-hmm. Yes, we we know many to be. Mm-hmm. I won't say all, but many. So, like, that's fair. But if that's your commentary, then it's almost like a satire. Mm-hmm. Like, then an Elle Woods is the perfect person to manipulate that system because she works that, like, she knows how to work that way. Mm-hmm. She knows how to do the, like, social engineering part of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's the perfect person to operate. But then you can't have it be, like, a happy ending when it works. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's then it's sort of satirical,
0: but it's not that. It's all like, yay, we did it. Yeah. We saved the dog. I just... I, The first movie makes Elle Woods a very, in my opinion, for its time and what it was, I think, attempting to do. Makes her a very, like, inspiring character for, I don't know, young women, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but... by the second one it's like she gives that big speech to congress at the end and half of it's about like a haircut she got that she didn't like and like part of her argument to prove why sally fields is lying to her about whether she had lunch with a certain representative or not is because she knows the rules of facials it's like okay yeah we did this in the first movie pulled out the rules of perm maintenance in the middle of a courtroom now you're doing it again except with facials and much lower stakes in in this specific circumstance like i just don't know why they can't lean into her being like overtly feminine and into planning her wedding and into dressing nice and wearing pink and not like falling into the same like i don't know super serious mindset i can't have fun you know i have to be all about work all the time and i can't have a life and i can't wear pink and have a snap cup or whatever and like cheer mm-hmm. on other people like why can't she do that while also being like intelligent
2: yeah well that in the first movie that whole argument that happens with the perm uh, uh did you see that the chutney yeah. chutney was the yeah. <laughs> the perpetrator uh it it shows like she's a first-year student but she's she's got savvy and she can use her information her, her knowledge to like Figure something out, but then when she's gone through four years of law school or three years, uh, three, right? Three, yeah, uh, yeah. And she still is just falling back on her like fashion and facial and makeup knowledge, yeah. and that's the only thing she has to maneuver. It's like, well, what, what did you do, Elwood?
0: <laughs> exactly, because yeah. we know you did well. Yeah, you were like valedictorian. Yeah. And then it just, like, calls back into question the whole thing of, like, oh, well, did they let her in because she was smart enough or because, like, all the admissions officers were gross and thought she was hot and let her in? Like, did she get through law school and do well because—I'm not saying she got through because she was, like, attractive and people let her through, but it makes it seem that way when you have her coming out of a full Harvard law education and that's— How she she comes across to other people. Yeah. And other people obviously dredge her for it and, you Mm -hmm. know, make fun of her for it throughout the movie. It's like, well, that's fine. You know, she doesn't have to be for everybody, but I can't. I don't know. Uh, know. There's no no growth. You're right. There's no growth. I And I think. Well,
1: okay, I think that that reflects something that something you're hitting on, something really important there. But before
0: we talk about that. Let's check the group message. Oh,
1: I love the time of the week or the month when I get to tell you all about my pants. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. I can't stop talking about these pants. I have a busy life. I run from one thing to the next. Um, and in many of those arenas, I got to look professional. I have to look like, uh, you know, a grown-up doctor person who knows what I'm doing. And so I need dress pants. Um, but I'm also, I'm, I'm busy, I'm active, I'm going from that to taking care of my kids to maybe you know, going out or whatever, not partying, going out, (laughs) maybe for a nice family dinner. (laughs) Um, And beta brand dress paint yoga pants can carry me through that whole day, one transition to the next. It doesn't matter what I'm doing because I'm comfortable because they are dress pants. So they look like dress pants because, you know, that's what they are. But secretly they feel like yoga pants. So you look professional, but you don't feel professional. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> you feel comfortable uh, they combine customer experiences with their expertise to make workwear that's as functional, comfortable, and as inspiring as your favorite workout gear um, and their dress paint yoga pants which are my favorite, I've been wearing them for years uh, they're made of wrinkle resistant stretch knit fabric they are, they're just the best um, you will not be itching to take them off at the end of a long day which is, was always the case for me with other dress pants so, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Beta Brand Dress Pant Yoga Pants, what should they do? Well, right now,
2: our listeners can get 25% off their first order when you go to com slash buffering. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash buffering. Find out why people are ditching typical work pants for Beta Brand's Dress Pant Yoga Pants. Go to betabrand.com
0: slash buffering for 25% off. So, I'm busy. I got a lot okay. going on. We're 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 getting ready for midterms I'm applying for law school there's a lot going on. And unfortunately, that means a lot of times I end up sacrificing all the things that make me happy or that take care of me, like, I don't know, maybe going for a walk or going out with friends. But what I find suffers most is um, me having time to cook for myself or make meals for myself, which I enjoy doing because I think it's fun, but also because I feel better about what I'm putting in my body when I'm like, hey, I did this for me. I know exactly what's in here and I put it all in there myself. Uh, And that is why I love Green Chef because I can avoid the long lines at the grocery store and get fresh, premium ingredients delivered right to my door with America's number one meal kit for eating well. Their expert chefs curate every recipe with over 30 meal choices every week and the flexibility to switch plans, so you'll never have to sacrifice taste for nutrition. And with pre-portioned, easy-to-follow recipes delivered right to you, eating well has never been simpler. You never have to worry about having to plan or shop for dinner again, which is so nice for me as someone who I would not say is uh, a chef by any means I can do very simple things and I can always follow green chefs easy to follow recipes uh, but I don't I don't know how to come up with recipes for myself you know I gotta do some searching so green chef does that for me they tell me what I need they give me all the ingredients I need nothing more so I don't have to keep my fridge full of stuff that I'll never use again and it always tastes good and I always feel good about it and everything is ready super fast uh, and super easy. So, Tay, if our listeners also want to check out Green Chef, what
2: should they do? They should go to greenchef.com slash buffering100 and use code buffering100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash buffering100 and code buffering100 for $100 off.
1: So, what I was thinking as you were talking about that is, I mean, one one reason for, like, sort of that shift mm-hmm. from the first to the sequel is that you know sequels often try to replicate the formula of the first and mm-hmm. and fall short but but the other thing is i feel like it's kind of reflective of the way post 2000 culture and like our understanding of sort of some of these complex issues like feminism and sexism and things like that racism eventually like how it evolved mm-hmm. so quickly and where something that would seem like very uh girl boss kind of mm-hmm. that brand of feminism as as quickly as two years later would start like to seem like a little bit of parody if not handled right yeah you know what i mean and i, I feel like that 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 is true about the last 20 years is yeah. that everything like the way our culture has shifted and we have started to like turn a critical eye back at ourselves and look at the way we think about things and talk about things and and how we represent different things has has changed so quickly i mean maybe you just see that in the movie like here they're trying to do this sort of fun silly thing where it's like she likes pink but she's also really smart and mm-hmm. it can be both and whatever and then when you do that in the second iteration it's like she still likes pink and knows about hair and that can be really impactful on people and it's like well now hold on
0: <laughs> yeah i just i feel like the whole thing in the first movie was people didn't take her seriously in the movie just because of how she came across upon like first impressions like how she dressed and how she spoke and the things she liked to do and the things she cared about but she was able to prove all of them wrong because she also showed herself to be very intelligent and good at law like good Mm -hmm. at figuring things out legally like in the first movie she even is in just the law classroom like proving her ex-boyfriend wrong about things because she's able to create actual legal arguments not like hair arguments like actual things based in the law and this second one feels like no one takes her seriously because of how she looks and how she dresses and all that like in the first one but then it's hard even as a viewer to continue to take her seriously because of she's still like the same person as she was at the very beginning of the first movie in some ways.
2: Well, and and it's not, I was trying to figure out why it's not as easy to root for her in the second movie as in the first, but like mm-hmm. in the first movie, I mean, th- and in both movies, really, she's, she's presented as sort of the, the outsider, right? She's different than everybody. And it kind ca- it works in the first one because the people she's the outsider against are other people that are also extremely privileged it's a bunch of other people mm-hmm. at harvard but in the second movie it, it's kind of like i mean the the sort of one of her main antagonists is this is grace this woman that's worked so hard and she's had to take what she can get and you know climb inch by inch because that's how the system has treated her And Elle kind of uses her privilege to jump past her in line. I mean, Mm -hmm. the big connection she makes to get her bill in is not some savvy lawyering or, or, you know, intelligence. It's making a connection with one of these, you know, soulless Congress people about being in the same sorority as her. And that that that's privilege being in a fancy sorority at an expensive college.
1: Yes, that that moment hit. I mean, when that happened, I found that, like, so different in tone from the first movie. Exactly that, Tay. Because I was watching and I thought, well, this really sucks. Well, first of all, like, I think it just has to be said. Why would they have the only prominent black character in the sequel be her antagonist? Mm -hmm. That, like, we're supposed to be rooting for her to, like, have these sort of, like, you know, uh deals outside like you know backroom deals and stuff and like good old boy kind of thing connections because that's what it plays Mm -hmm, like right mm -hmm. like oh she has all these secret white people connections and so she's getting ahead of grace that i mean did nobody think about that yeah (laughs) like the optics suck but yeah that moment when it's like oh i'm gonna get on board with you because we're in the same sorority it was like oh come on like but and again like you said that probably i mean that's probably how it works sometimes right
0: I'm I mean, sure that's how it works. They use that literally the same exact like plot moment and device in the first movie when the woman she's defending for murder was also a Delta Nu. Yes. And it, it doesn't feel bad there because it's like, oh, wait, I can trust you now and you can help me because we're on the same story, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a story person. <laughs> I don't quite get it. But like, I guess that's at least a little bit better that it's just like oh, I can trust you to listen to why I'm innocent, and I didn't murder my husband, and maybe now you can help me. And, like, she is helping someone who actually isn't guilty of something. And it just feels bad in this one, because it's like, no, this woman laughed at you and didn't take you seriously because you you kind of made yourself look a little bit silly uh, in front of this congressional committee. But now she's just going to listen to literally anything you say and support anything you put in this bill, because you were in the same sorority. And it's like the other congressman who uh, supports her. Who supports her because their dogs fall in love. That's it. They take their dogs well, to the same groomer and their dogs fall in love. They try to bring in a
2: queer narrative to, I guess, be more modern. The dogs are gay. The dogs are gay. It, it, it plays about as well as you can be can be expected.
0: It, 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 somehow I think they were trying to make it like a little bit even... They were trying to make it better by making the congressman who has the other gay dog this, as they describe him, conservative Republican from the South, who's an an NRA spokesperson. And they're like, oh, he has this thick country accent, you know, Southern conservative gun guy. But look, he's okay with his dog being gay. Somehow that makes it worse. Somehow
1: it makes it worse. Well, it does because like, as soon as you say like, I'm a spokesperson for the NRA, I'm sorry, personally, all I can think of is like, oh, so you're, fine with school shootings i mean mm-hmm. and i know that's not the same thing but like i immediately i'm like so are we supposed to be behind this guy because his dog's gay i just and forgive I... him but I, that's how but like i that's how it works though right like probably yeah. i mean probably you have all these congress people who come together from all over the country and some of them are supposed to be super progressive and some of them are super conservative but a lot of them do get along and yeah. our friends. And they do just sort of look past some of the stances and beliefs that their colleagues have that are atrocious to the other, you know? And are we supposed to believe that's good?
0: All I can all I can hope, giving them like the absolute like benefit I don't even want to say benefit of the doubt, just like all I can hope is that maybe and I was three, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe the term NRA spokesperson did not have the entirely same connotation it did in 2003 it as didn't. it does today it was just no. as bad I'm, but we
2: weren't aware
0: <laughs> right right like that putting that in a movie now the only character you would call like give someone that quality would be someone who is just your absolute bad guy worst character rooting it's, against it's him, irredeemable the of the movie. yeah it's irredeemable but I feel like then it was probably like just something you applied to this character to make it very clear like oh they are a republican they're conservative yes. i guess
1: which again you are right because that that represents a big cultural shift cuz yep. uh, being in the NRA did not used to mean what it means now yeah
0: um, i'm not saying it was a good thing you're exactly right taylor it's always been as bad as it is now but it just didn't have the same
1: the organization has come, cultural become impact. so much more radicalized yep. too i mean like i i think all of that is fair to say um but yeah and i i mean and i then i think if you take like what becomes sort of hyperbole, right? Like this becomes, it goes into the realm of like surrealism. Mm-hmm. So, what is, what's her next big move to rally support for this bill is to bring all of the sorority sisters from like all over all the country. All of them. All of them. From all of the,
0: all, yeah, everywhere. And
1: like first she brings a few who are going to like go convince Congress people, like her best friends, yeah. Margo and Serena. Of and they start like getting the interns, the Congress interns to, to do dance. a cheer number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that persuades some people. But then like you have the march and you've got all these sorority girls invading Congress. And like the idea that like all that works is, again, not it's not a stretch, no. you know, because what you're kind of saying is initially, especially when she just brings her friends, I brought these attractive, you know, privileged white girls mm-hmm. and I'm I want to give them FaceTime with members of the United States Congress, to talk you into this—that would
0: probably work.
1: I mean, and I, yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's like again, if what you're trying to say is sort of a, a satire, it's super clever. Like yeah. it's smart and and biting and cynical. I don't I don't know
0: if that's realistic. what they were going yeah. for.
1: Yeah, right. Well, exactly. Like I think I'm giving it too much credit. Right. Yes.
0: <laughs> I mean,
2: I, I think it's it's. A very specific sort of uh, magic that makes Elle Woods a believable underdog in the first movie. And even when you look at, like, the client that she's defending, it's a woman that's being characterized as, like, the evil gold digging, like, you know, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the woman that marries an older man for his money. That's a very specific type of woman that we tend to villainize. That is a truth. And I think that, mm-hmm. that that's sort of the theme in the movie is that Elle also is a play on that. So it kind of, it all works, right? Like she's defending somebody who's an archetype that we actively do villainize. And all of that, like, it's like they took the wrong things that worked about the first movie and moved them into the second movie. Because all it yes. reads is when she says, you do it the whatever Washington way, I'm going to do it the L Woods way. It's like what the L Woods way is, is you're going to utilize every aspect of the privilege that you have that Grace lacks to get the things that you want mm-hmm. done, which ultimately, as much as I, I, I agree, animal testing is garbage, but it's a personal interest that you never thought about until it affected you personally and you got what you yes. wanted. And that is how a lot of things get done in Washington.
1: That's, I mean, that's true that, and like, again, I agree with, I agree with what this bill is. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: I would agree with bruiser's bill. I agree with bruiser's
1: bill. I would sign on to bruiser's bill wh- Were I in this fictional Congress, <laughs> like I agree with that. Uh, that's, that's not a problem, but, I did have that thought, like, what, because we don't really get to hear, what are the issues that Grace has been fighting to bring to the table? We literally don't know. We don't know. And I I betcha, I betcha there's one or two that I probably would get a little more excited about and would think, like, well, this is important, but Grace is probably, you know, fighting to do something that the people in their district want that's the other thing like what about what is what district does she represent and what do they care about i don't know they they call her
2: at one point uh sally fields character says that it was a sacrifice for grace's homeowner bill which i don't know what that means but it sounds like it maybe is important
0: (laughs) well Well, they say that sally fields says that was grace pushing that for two sessions and then finds out grace is like i wasn't pushing that that's a tax cut for the super wealthy that was sally fields doing that it was sally fields lying to like put the blame on grace for why bruisers bill had to lose her support Mm.
1: yeah she was playing grace and Elle against each other
0: worse which is even worse i mean (laughs) i if this was if this was the issue they chose which i got i i will admit Something like this issue does feel like it fits in Elle Woods' wheelhouse. Yes, it does. Of, Stand she up has for the a, animals. She has yes. a dog. She's an animal person. Her dog is her best friend. And cosmetics and, like, even if there would have been some sort of moment of, like, she almost does it, too, when she talks about the blush she wears. And then she has mm-hmm. to think about, like, oh, wait, what is happening to all the animals before I put on this blush? She almost goes there. She doesn't quite get all the way there. But if they wanted to do that, they could have done it in the same legal Setting that they did the first one in, except in a law firm instead of in law school. They could have made her mm-hmm. like she has to choose between representing this evil cosmetics corporation that her firm's representing or helping out the people who are suing the cosmetics corporation. She loses her big firm job, but then she ends up defending the people who are suing the cosmetics corporation. Like it, literally anything like that, where she still, people don't take her seriously in the courtroom mm-hmm. because of how she looks. It's the same issue, but you don't, I don't know. It, they could have done it. They- and it would have made so much more sense and been such a better sequel. And this just, I, it was not
1: it. It was, it, it's easy to make a lot of jokes about politics and politicians, mm-hmm. you know. And so you can make a lot of silly jokes about them. And I really think it's, it was sort of like the, you know, the whole thing, like if one rubber chicken is funny, then are a thousand rubber chickens yeah. a thousand times funnier. I feel like that there was a little bit of that going on. It was like, well, people liked it when she did that perm thing. Let's do it Could again. we do a whole movie, yes. but make the whole thing sort of like that perm bit, only just continuously for the
0: entire 90 minutes? I will... I will also say, I think part of it I realized for me and my lack of enjoyment, there were some bits I did enjoy. Like the running joke about her getting sent to the intern orientation room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that was something that was like, okay, I get it. I get what you mean. That's funny. And that's not, yeah. that's not bad. I, okay. But um, I think that now I, I and probably a lot of people and probably you all have a lot lower tolerance for jokes about politicians being bad people. And not taking their job seriously and not doing things for the right reasons. Um, And I so I think watching it now in the perspective of like the current politics made it a lot less enjoyable because I just was entirely like I have no desire to root for any of these politicians. Mm -mm. I don't want to see Elwood's working for these people. In my opinion, they probably all suck for some reason or another. Like. They seem
1: to. It it really is that sort of shruggy kind of like, well, you know, politicians, they're all lying all the time. Huh-huh. And it's like, I, no, yeah. I can't. That's not acceptable. And
0: I mean, again, I, I was three. So maybe that was like something that was easier to joke about. I don't know. Probably not. Politicians have always kind of been like the same. I just think, you know, social media and stuff now. But you know what I mean? Like, I just feel mm. like especially now, I mean, those kind of jokes just don't hit, hit
2: well. Not, not to be controversial, but I don't think it used to seem like half of the representatives wanted to kill their constituents so it is a little bit more heated now i
1: think i mean it is it is more heated you're right but i do remember and tell you you probably back me up on this there was an approach like to like if we just take like the most notable like george bush of the time Mm -hmm. w bush there was this sort of approach to w like Oh, he's not very smart and he's not a very good president, but he's kind of like a lovable goofball. What can you say? He's not a very good president. I mean, like that was sort of like the way everybody talked about it, even like if you were very opposed to him. And uh, not to say there weren't there wasn't vitriol, not to say there weren't angry people. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there were. But like the the cultural conversation about it was more like, oh, well. (laughs) <laughs> our, yeah. our president's a dullard. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it was like, shucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I
2: don't think we had an understanding of the extent of, I'm going to say, villainy that happens on the red. Mm.
1: Yes. Like, yes. Cause
2: yes. That's why the, the end of the movie just hits so sour because it like kind of insinuates that now Congress has turned around and they're all going to work for better things. And like, even, I think it's hilarious, It it ends with like animal testing being Outlawed across America, which isn't. Well, like, we we still do that. We still spray bunnies mm-hmm. in the face with perfume and blind them because I don't know. That's not. I mean, I, I, you know, they they make. I think one time during the movie, they make the offhand point that animals don't react to the same way that humans do to things, and like that could have been like a that's like an actual point to argue. But no, it's mm-hmm. that. That's a good legal yeah, argument. You yeah. love dogs, and so we shouldn't hurt dogs. It's like no, there there are legitimate reasons why animal testing is just bad for humans even if your concerns are only humans it's bad it doesn't work but like let's not worry about all that let's just and let's end this movie like it's over it's still still happening still legal and
1: let's end the movie by letting all of the animals go into the streets and that scene where (laughs) all the the ducks where all the the stray dogs and and ducks are running into the streets all i could think was like but that is like the united states government like I guess we can't do that anymore. Should, let's just let them all go, uh, guys. We can't just like let Wait. them all go in the street. That's a whole other problem. Like they'll die. They they'll they'll starve. Yeah. Like yeah, hey, yeah. they wanted to let them go. Just let them go. We'll figure it out later. I don't know. I mean,
2: when we when we decommissioned a bunch of uh, institutions, you know what we did, right? With people.
1: Yes. <laughs> so yes. I mean, that, it, mm-hmm.
2: I guess that part's believable. We would just let the animals that get, are sick and tortured out to the streets.
1: If you make the case that this movie is like biting commentary like <laughs> intense political satire I think you
0: could it's a brilliant film you could it, it is definitely not what they meant to do if you reach hard enough I think you could do that and you could see where it would like make some actual good like satirical points I just couldn't stop I, I couldn't stop thinking about the moment that I think was my least favorite moment in the entire film because it I feel like it was made to look Elle look dumb not just, like, like as a character, not just, like, in the context of the film, which I, I know they do a lot, because that's, like, you know, the mm-hmm. thing about her character. Everyone thinks she's dumb, because of how she looks. Like, to the viewer, uh, they have the hearing before the committee, and all the people that are against Bruiser's bill, they have, like, what, scientists and, and mm-hmm. economists or whatever, who are, like, giving all these reasons and, like, testifying against it and giving all this these statistics about why it's not a good bill. And Elle is, like, how are we... we can't fight all that. Sally's like, yeah, we have all those things, too. We have experts and we have expert testimony. They don't show any of that. Mm-hmm. All they show is Elle talking about how much he loves her dog. And then sort of like knowing weird personal details about all the members know. of the
1: committee. Which I
0: guess she knows because she's friends with the old doorman. Yeah, the doorman told her.
2: I don't think that's like, I don't think I would have responded as like, oh, that's so sweet. You know about my childhood dog, Jelly. I'd be like, okay, I, I need Like an investigation on why
0: Uh, this random
1: woman (laughs) knows my history. I'm totally freaked out. Like
0: it just it feels so silly because you know in real in real world politics how ridiculous that would be if you had like this whole side Mm -hmm. against a bill that's like all these experts and I don't care like they're I don't agree with any of them but they're experts and they're paid to be there and have all these statistics and arguments and then the side in support of it is just this lawyer who got fired from her first job who <laughs> brings out her dog which i'm pretty sure you can't to have a dog that's not like your service animal in like a committee meeting she brings out her dog and just tells them all personal facts about themselves as to why they should also care about animals like what that's it they don't have anything else
1: this is this is how the know. united states government probably works I, I, is the that's it.
2: I could have believed it, Sid, is this this biting s- satire read. If at the very end of all of it you get Elle running away on her wedding day, everything's beautiful flowers, can we just cut back to Grace being like just shaking her head like, God. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Back to work. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Another I mean, hyper privileged yes. white woman came to Capitol Hill, <laughs>
1: got exactly what she wanted and left. Okay. I'll keep trying to actually do something for people
0: i will just say i love el woods the first movie holds a very special place in my heart and always will it also has some issues but but overall it's a good movie overall it's a good movie this was there's a difference between being a good sequel and being a good movie it was not either it was not a good <laughs> sequel and it was not a good movie i mean um I think you can turn your brain off
2: and like laugh at like Jennifer Coolidge saying literally anything because I love her. Yes.
1: I Mm -hmm. I think that there, you know, if you aren't, (laughs) (laughs) it does have the iconic
0: saying. You look like the 4th of (laughs) July. (laughs) Makes you in a hot dog real bad. Yep. Yep. There you go. (laughs) Her where are they now bit at the end where it just says she finally got her hot dog is, it did make me laugh. It was very silly, but it did make me laugh. That is good. Um, yeah, I mean there are some funny moments. It's not all bad. There's some cute Luke Wilson and and Reese Witherspoon moments uh-huh. cuz of course. But overall, I don't know, the first one's superior. Just like well, all the other sequels we've talked about on this show. I'm I'm going to thank you for showing me this
1: <laughs> very uh, <laughs> very well conceived and executed political satire right. that is uh, legally blonde 2 maybe superior to the original now in my mind well, no, no. i'll have to think on it
0: <laughs> again
2: well you know I, I there's a rumor that there is a third one that has mm-hmm, been written mm-hmm. um and and is maybe released next year so going the
0: blonde house perhaps I, yes there's the knot at the <laughs> there's the knot at the end of the sequel that almost leads into a third one where mm-hmm. she says oh i know where we should live and looks at the white house and then winks I, they had to have just canned the third one because like the second one did so bad i guess but maybe that's where the third one goes now
2: maybe
1: this it, many years maybe. later well, what know. is president yeah
2: maybe. i mean it's because that's as recent as like this year there was talk of it, mm-hmm. it getting shot like it's got some like serious like uh reese witherspoon is on as a producer so maybe um and i i don't want to anything you bring to the table either of you i don't ever want to like like if it was absolute like no one should see this, I feel like we wouldn't even talk about it. I I right. you love the character and the characters there. And look, as somebody that enjoyed Indiana Jones and the crystal skull, sometimes <laughs> you just watch something cause you love a character. <laughs> it's fair.
0: I, hey, I understand. Well, I am a defender of Greece too. Yes. So, well, thank you all. Um, I uh, will keep my fingers crossed for the third one being a redemption story for everything <laughs> that happened in the second one. Um, Sydney, what's next?
1: Uh, because we are officially going to be in October, um, although this one will officially come out not no day before, the yeah, day, last day of September. Uh, I wanted us to talk about the um, the Treehouse of Horror, the Halloween episodes of mm. The Simpsons. You don't have to watch them all. There's like t- the dozens of mm-hmm. thirty seasons. Is that how many of the Simpsons? There's so many seasons, not all, but just like pick a couple of your faves. Um, because to me, trick or treat Halloween was synonymous with watching the Halloween episode of The Simpsons. So.
0: All right, nice. They're on Disney Plus for anyone wanting to watch. Excellent.
1: Well, thank you both. Uh, thank you, Riley. Of
0: course, thank you all.
1: Um, thank you, listeners. You should go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great podcasts there. You can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at, maximum fun, or at StillBuffering at MaximumFun.org. Um, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, Change Your Mind.
0: This has been your cross generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. I guess I didn't have the good song in there.
2: Didn't.
1: But they did have that dog song. That's an song. Yeah. <That> scene, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really does. It's,
0: it's very bad.
2: The one cheerleader's face is very burnt. I don't know.
1: It's Yeah. Yeah. One, two, one, two, three.
2: Five. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy.
1: I'm Sydney McElroy.
2: We're both doctors. And Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor, and I'm a medical enthusiast, and we create...
1: Okay.
0: Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine.
1: Every week, I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history.
0: Lately, we do a lot of modern fake
2: medicine because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday
1: right here on MaximumFun.org as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head.